Hello everyone and welcome to UAPS Salitaan. In collaboration with the Area B Assembly this month, UAPSA brings you UAPS Salitaan's 10th season entitled Advocates Manifesto with guest speakers who have advocacies that they are passionate and proud to share with you all. Know how and where their passion and perseverance has brought them to the present. Good day kayo APSA and to all our listeners. It's your Arkeboy, JC De Castro from UAPSA Biscas Chapter. And this is Dave Penga from UAPSA UBL Chapter or Episode 2 of UAPSA Litan's 10th Season. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Alright. Alright, today's episode is entitled Manila Commuter Riot of Bay. Mm, this is going to be very interesting. Um, especially for those who like to travel a lot. Uh, you know, partner, I also love to travel. Well, I'm something of a cyclist myself. Uh, ikaw, partner, how often do you ride your bike? I'm sure it's not as often as you, I believe. <laughs> But um, actually, I love riding my bike. It's just uh, it's just that, you know, min- naman minsan how busy we get with all our places. requirements and even responsibilities in your apps so I only ride my bike whenever I'm free and alam mo minsan partner I actually feel like nagtatampo na sa akin yung bike ko so I think I really have to find a way to ride it as soon as I can pag natapos ko na lahat ng backlogs and you know have some fun again take a break ikaw ba how, how did you actually learn to ride a bike or when did you start uh, having interest in biking well partner before I answer that question siguro nagtatampo na talaga yung bike mo sayo so But I go back out there. Uh, so for me, naman, well, uh, for me, I learned from a very young age. My father taught me how to ride a bike, and I think that's where the love for bike started for me. So way back 2016, uh, I bought my own bike and I started training for about two years. I was planning to compete. Then unfortunately, I had an accident. So since college, cycling was just a you know a hobby for me, uh, an escape from all the plates. all the plates stress of college and you know well okay enough of me let's let's oh, wait wait partner i i uh, wanna ask because diba, yeah. you had your bike uh, way back 2016 i also mm-hmm. had i actually recently just had my um you know a new bike last 2020 and i named it nimbus 2020 do you have a name for your bike oh it's pretty corny because well, since i'm a potterhead so i named it nimbus 2020. <laughs> well i think it's very corny because i named my bike neon because it's color oh, neon wow. oh wow so i to see you you have a name for it too yeah uh well i have i have another one i call this um i, do, I call this bird because it's it's the brand is twitter And this one is uh, I don't I don't have a name for it. Uh, okay, enough of us. Um, without further ado, let me welcome our guest speaker for this day. He finished his degree in architecture at De La Salle College at Saint Benilde's School of Design and Arts in 2018. He was an intern in ETE Design. and was the project supervision of Architecture and Hooray Design Group the following year, year till 2021. Uh, he's a volunteer in Amoeba's One Coalition, a contributor to First Bike Ride, and manages the Peso page Manila Commuter, a mobility advocacy and commentary. Mr. Justin Didios. Um, welcome, Mr. Justin. All right. Another hello, guest. Dave and John. Welcome, Mr. Justin Didios. Hello, hello. Another guest we have right here for this episode is actually a transport planner and civil engineer who finishes degree in civil engineering with specialization in transportation engineering at the De La Salle University, Manila. 
He also is a volunteer at the Move As One Coalition and has lots of work experience as an intern at JVNM Associates Incorporated last 2014, an intern at Datum Incorporated last 2018, and now the Junior Transport Planner and Project Study Engineer at Sistra Philippines. We can really say that he is passionate about infrastructure and active and public transportation policies. In addition, he strives to promote the movement of people by creating safer and multimodal streets. Our second guest for this episode is Mr. Elijah Gotian. Welcome, Mr. Elijah. All right, everyone. Call, we call you Elijah. Po. <laughs> Eli is fine. Okay. Um, okay. Partner. Uh, Siguro grabe talaga yung madaming matututunan ng ating listeners ngayon. Um, yeah, again, sure with that. again, welcome to our podcast, Mr. Justin Didias and Mr. Elijah. Or we, shall we call you Justin and Elijah na lang? It is a pleasure to have you here and you app salitaan. Thank you so much for accepting our invitation. So we have questions for you today and I believe everyone who's currently listening is excited to know your answers. Okay. Um, well, you know, ano man ngayon. Uh, how are you doing guys? How's life? May biogesic pa ba kayo dyan? Sir Justin and Eli. Okay naman kayo. I mean... The, uh, the current situation of the pandemic is currently, you know, all-time high. At that. Especially with the new uh, vi- uh, variant that emerged from the wild. Mm-hmm. So, you want to ask, well, how are you guys, you know, with the holidays and New Year? Yeah. How's life? Uh, I think, yeah, I think I'll go first. Um, Well, the holidays were not, well, to be honest, not as festive as the past few, uh, especially with this new variant coming into play. But then, you know, we, we do what we got to do. And we gotta gotta keep it going. So yes. Uh, on the on the good side, uh, at least for us, for my family, wala naman COVID like recently. Although we had before. Uh, so hopefully, and hopefully more people take the vaccine and other stuff like that, just to help lower the the cases that we have going on right now. As for me, uh, I think uh the holidays were quite uh not yeah uh, as Eli said, not as festive as the past few years. Pero I think it's still better than how we handled it uh last year before we had uh, all the vaccines available. At least now, if we found out someone was positive, like we had assurance na we had vaccines or we were at least vaccinated at the very least, so it wouldn't be as severe as what we would have expected last year. So it was better, but still not the best situation. Yeah, and speaking of that, we're really looking forward now. This year, we're all gonna heal and our, our nation will heal as well with us. So, since nga po, we were talking about earlier um, you know, biking, and since we all share a common interest in biking, we also want to ask, how did you guys start getting into biking? Uh, That's a really good question, partner. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Uh, Siguro, Justin will share. Okay. Uh, okay I'll, go, I'll go first. Um, I started biking uh, back in first year college. Uh, it was a means of parang an alternative way of getting to school. Because uh, I really had a very long uh, commute. And then it didn't feel right na for me to waste so much time on public transportation. Because, for example, example, I come from uh, Quezon City to Taft and that's roughly for a commute. You have to deal with, for example, the station 
in that area. And then you also have to deal with yung mga lines uh, even before getting to the LRT station around uh, New Manila. Yung mga ganun. So, I really was looking for alternative ways of getting to school. Uh, and I found na cycling would have been like a reasonable way to travel from Quezon City to Manila. But then, back then, literally walang infrastructure to support that. So, I did try it quite a few times. Uh, but then, that's what triggered my uh, interest dun sa whole cycling thing. Okay. Um, I have a question. Wala namang mga nahulog na T-square sa'yo ng mga pag-bubite mo. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was wondering. It was it was hard. It's hard to carry those up. So, pag kunyari, may dalang T-square or anything na, na bulky, for sure, LRT yun. Except yung tube. The yung um, rotring na tube. Sobrang useful nun. Super useful nun beyond just ano, carrying uh, plants. Yeah. Um, how about how about rains siguro? Wala naman na basang place. Wala naman. Okay. I didn't uh, do yung bicycle commute uh, as often before. Kasi it didn't seem like there was enough support like, around. Kasi sobrang delikado niya talaga dati. Mm-hmm. Especially so, in Manila. Mahirap. Yes, especially in Manila. Uh, sobrang, sobrang hectic dito and it didn't seem safe. So only periodically, dun lang ako magkocommute from QC to Manila. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is there anything you want to add, uh, Justin? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. So you okay. Uh, let's hear it from Elijah, naman. Uh, okay. So uh, I started biking actually maybe it's around 20, 2011, 2010. Uh, my dad really got into triathlon, so uh, that's where I started really, you know, getting on the bike and you know, doing some laps and all to train for races. Although I didn't compete in any really big ones, just those um, those mini races for triathlons. But then after that, there, I didn't see cycling as a mode of transportation, you know, just for leisure. And then after I graduated, uh, went to a couple of uh, seminars, couple of workshops and all about transpo. And then that's where it all bursted out. Uh, that cycling could be a mode of transportation. And I've always been wanting to start on it, but then I think only it only started during the pandemic when the volumes of cars were pretty low. So I guess my family had more confidence in me going out there using using my bike as a mode of transportation for my commute going to the office. And I think ever since then, 20, uh, mid-2020, so ever since then, I tried to go somewhere, I tried to use my bike instead of using the car. That's, that's a very good um, story. Well, uh, during this pandemic, I think a little bit of support um, has arise for biking. Because we lost transportation and stuff. So I think there are security for ride ng bike. Nila. All right. So since we talk about na how uh, all of us started getting into biking, uh, may I ask, uh, Justin, may I ask why and how did you come up to create a personal blog named Manila Commuter? Okay. Um, so the page actually started um, as I was getting back sa pag-bike commute when I was working sa may Capitolio sa Pasig. So I was, gonna, I was planning to use it as... Uh, way to uh, document my commutes, not specifically for biking, pero kasama na yung pag MRT, LRT bus, even pag drive ng kotse. It was originally supposed to be a documentation of that. So around two weeks before the pandemic started, or at least the lockdown started, uh, I already had the account. And then I already started posting a bit. Tapos nun, it just so happened na nasakto lang na it was documenting my uh, bicycle commutes some time na yun. Tapos slowly, bigla nag-iiba na yung um, 
situation natin here. So, bigla na lang naglalabasan yung, uh, what do you call this? Yung mga first few cases. And then, biglang nag-start na mag-suspend uh, ng work, classes, etc. So, I think the account uh, was able to document the whole process ng pag-transition ng infrastructure natin dito sa Metro Manila from super hostile to bikes to slowly getting more adapted to bike infra kasi nga ever since they uh, removed yung ano yung well binawasan nila yung um, capacity for public transport talagang napilitan yung tao uh, to use other modes eh if you check the data regarding um, car ownership it's very low na low chance na may kotse yung tao dito sa Metro Manila so the easiest way and the most accessible way na we can transport people in and around would be bicycles so i feel like the pandemic really pushed forward yung uh, whole idea of bicycles as transport rather than just recreational modes kasi diba before parang pag nalaman nagbike ka it's like you're just playing around ganun pero now um you're actually seeing a transition of a lot of people na people are starting to understand na it really isn't just like a toy and i feel like the page itself was able to document that even with me kasi before even if magkakomita ako by bike it wasn't my main transport option it's it's still it was still usually the car kasi eh So that really made that I think that that's what pushed the page forward. It's actually the pandemic, to be honest. Yes. So yeah. Um, talking about the pandemic, what um what are the specific changes that you have observed during the start of the pandemic um within the biking community and has it improved the and and gotten better? Okay, nung start kasi I think Eli would also be able to speak about yeah. this. Kasi nung start uh a lot of the uh, transport groups and well yung uh, civil society groups were able to push for change or at least demand for more infrastructure. Kasi nga because of the lack of um, supply nung ano natin ng public transport. So, nung start talaga, uh, it really took a lot for people to realize na walang other way to push this many people up without yung parang uh, protection of bike infrastructure. Just a simple pr- bike lane. It took them, I think, around October, till October that year, uh, year 2020, before nagkaroon ng pilot study dun sa EDSA. I think, wait, I'll double check. Pero I think it's around October 2020. Uh, so, we started it March. March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Around six months within ano, the pandemic, dun lang nagkaroon ng actual uh, physical change to have yung pilot studies ng, ano, ng EDSA bike lane. And then, I think around December, ay, around January 2021 lang talaga nagkaroon ng physical manifestation ng actual bike lanes sa uh, EDSA. So it took a while but a lot of the clamoring for um, civil society groups really did help push for our bike infrastructure the Eli I think sila yeah. uh, Keisha yung responsible for that Yeah Keisha and then as well as Bufas uh, One plus all the other civil society groups part of it um I'm just checking here I think it's around August August yun. Oh August Yeah nag start yun uh, protected bike lanes on Edsa so I think they were able to organize with the MMDA. So you actually had MMDA personnel uh, acting as uh, uh, as a baller or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in some areas where kulang yun bollards. And they were helping cyclists uh, travel safely throughout the entire end. So If I recall correctly, around that time, then there was still a lot of hesitation. Kasi actually, the, I think the first thing na, na, na implement wasn't the bike lanes, diba? it was the BRT system. Yeah, the the BRT system. So 
as usual, a lot of people were uh, were kind of panicking because, oh, we're going to lose one lane. And then suddenly there's a bike and, oh, no, we're going to use another lane. So, paano na kami mga kotse? And we've seen uh, until now that, you know, nothing really has changed. You know, the traffic is still there. But at the same time, we're, we're able to move more people more efficiently through the main thoroughfare of uh, Metro Manila, which is EDSA. Yes. So, we do find a lot of parang pushback from, not necessarily everyone, eh, pero pushback from the noisy ones. Tama ba? Is, it, I think, does that make sense? Pero, so. yeah, it, parang madaming nagre-reklamo against it. Pero in reality, if you check, if you check the data for it, or at least uh, for best practices around the world, it would still be more efficient to run a double lane BRT, for example, or a whole full three-meter na bike lane to cross EDSA, overtaking parang four or five lanes, lahat, tas lahat sila kotse. So, ayun. I think, uh, I think it, a lot of, yeah, yes, yeah. Like. Uh, j- just to add, I mean, from, from, like with, like your, like from your question, the, the, difference between now and the start of 2020 during the uh, height of the, the start of the pandemic. Sobrang uh, iba because of the infrastructure that we have now and not infrastructure but as well as uh, laws being passed, budgets from the government that's being given to bike lanes. Uh, super huge progress uh, to uh, on the active mobility side. Uh, but then again, you know, you'd wish it would be more and Actually, we know it can be more. So, you know, hopefully in the next few years, more budget, more loss, and, you know, more infrastructure is going to pop up. Um, I think we're very lucky talaga na we've, ano, um, really uh, took cycling uh, seriously as transports. I think that meron din yung, um, we were asked to wear face shields during our transport. Well, that, that was very controversial, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Very well, I wish yung mga dineskas nyo meron din sa provinces namin. Kasi sa amin medyo konti pa yung implementation. I think um, some of the roads, the new roads are providing um, bike lanes. Pero yung mga luma, it's like uh, yung mga sinabi nyo, they slap um, a bike lane but they didn't consider na magkakaroon ng um, shortage of road for the cars and the motorists. That's right, uh, Dave, that you mentioned na um, I hope every province has it. Kasi dito sa uh, South, um, only a few, not entirely, are implementing it. Uh, we're lucky kasi yung city namin, Naga City, is already implementing having um, bike lanes. But yeah, I hope that um, the LGUs will, ad- will uh, adhere to this and really implement this. Kasi uh, syempre, it's also an essential part of every city's and yeah, so we've talked about cycling and, and cycling is really what we're commonly having fun when we do. And it's a blissful, actually, it's a blissful, it's a blissful feeling to know that um, due to the pandemic, many individuals engage with the physical activities um, such as cycling. And you've mentioned nga po, uh, ni Justin and uh, na there were really um, huge changes sa, sa cycling community due to the pandemic. And there's even a, uh, a research stating why cycling is good for you in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, primarily, it strengthens your immune system and it protects you and others. Of course, because cycling is an alternative to public transport. And you will do it alone. So 
hindi ka na, kung ikaw man yung merong virus, hindi ka na makahawa, or kung merong virus yung makasama sa public transport, hindi ka mahawa, di ba? So, uh, cycling protects you and others. And and um, another thing to add with that is, even businesses, cycling um, take, takes part, di ba, ngayon? Meron na mga... Um, Panda drivers, so I guess yeah. are using cycle uh, bikes, right? So with this, I guess we'll go with the question, um, especially for those that are new in cycling, um, how important of a priority is safety when we go out there, you know, into the roads? Justin, you you want to take this first or go ahead? Okay, um, sige, I'll, I'll answer it first. So when we consider safety, um, there, uh, I think we can uh. Divided into two. One would be personal safety, and then the other would be yung safety that isn't um, uh, in our control. So, okay, let's start with personal safety. Uh, personally, ako, I would basically take a bike helmet with me at all times, anywhere I go. But it's a very controversial um, statement to say also, because not everyone believes na uh, bike helmets could. Uh, protect you from a crash with a car. Pero I think pinaka-basic natin na, na, na I think personally nga, na I would take would be bringing safety gear, um, helmet. Uh, basically, that's it. Helmet. And then, when it comes to parang safety naman that isn't up to you, that would be hopefully yung bike infrastructure. Uh, the most basic na protected bike lane would be a big help for anyone. Kasi not everyone would be capable of uh, dodging cars or whatever. Parang the whole idea of having a protected bike lane uh, for the safety of everyone would be is to protect the vulnerable, not the skilled cyclist or whatever. Pero I feel like these are the two main factors you have to consider sa pag choose ng safety or at least when you're considering safety when cycling this actually also uh, to add lang pala uh, when you consider safety uh, this actually will this actually might dictate where and how you'll go about your day for example um, around sa area namin ni Eli uh, they started putting up bike lanes very early on in the pandemic and I feel like uh, dito sa Mason 1 um, it induced a lot of bis to adapt to the changing climate. For example, bigla na lang sa Green Hill Shopping Center, nagkaroon ng mga bike racks. They used to not have anything at all that would cater to cyclists. Pero I feel like uh, over time, since the yung safety factor of having protected bike lanes around their um, establishments actually induced more business for them. So, ayun. Uh, those are my two uh, basic ideas of safety when it comes to cycling. Eli, yes. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to is your safety, I think it's the it's one A and one B of uh, of how a person chooses to move around the city. One would obviously one would be how efficient it is, I guess time wise and all. And time and yeah, time wise, because you know people want to get to places. Uh, people want to get to where they want to go in the fastest way possible, and obviously in the safest way possible. So that's one A and one B. 
um, as you know, like uh, drivers or cyclists may not like to may not like cars or may not like uh, bicycles. But at the end of the day, what they do want is to get to the place that they want to go in the most efficient manner, in the most safe manner, and the safest manner. So yeah, safety is very important, and I think um, it has to start with the infrastructure. Um, as we all know, design dictates behavior. So if you create a environment where it's not safe for people to bike, people are not going to bike. But if you do create a place where, you know, there's a protected bike lane, uh, there's adequate shades such as trees, uh, pavement is smooth, you know, walang lumak lubak. Uh, people would stay, uh, cyclists would actually stay on the bike lane. And uh, I think that's that's safety to you. It, it, it induces more travel like what Justin said. And at the same time, uh, I guess what uh, to add to what Justin said, uh, it, when it induces more travel, it induces more business. Uh, more trips to a certain area can create more business. So, yeah. Safety is one in, one B in terms of uh, cycling. It has to start with infrastructure first. Um, okay. Uh, well, I think uh, safety talaga is always our number one priority because uh, we are really risking our lives out there, diba? Uh, we can't risk having an accident because I think there are only possibilities. Nyan. It, this is what I think. As, this is how I discipline myself. It's either an injury or worst case scenario, a fatal accident. But also, Dave, um, since Eli mentioned, it's really important that the infrastructure, uh, the great role of infrastructure when it comes to safety of uh, not just the bikers, diba, but uh, the motorists. But uh, with this, naman, as we go on cycling, I think it's also our, our part to be, to be safe. Dapat mag-prepare din tayo and we have to be disciplined then. And as uh, Justin mentioned earlier, we must um, yeah, magdala tayo ng mga basic na kailangan yung uh, for safety gears and we make sure that our tires are on the right um, yung pressure nito and syempre, mm-hmm. uh, dapat na yung uh, re- charge yung ating taillights and front lights kapag mag-bike tayo ng gabi. So, these are just few of the things or that we must be are reminded about when it comes to biking para ma-ensure natin na we are safe, di ba? Right. Yes. Sorry, know your bike. Yeah, I know your bike. Sorry, if I may add, um, there's a concept that was developed, I think, in the States. It's called Vision Zero. Um, it's a program that, uh, first of all, admits that we are human and humans make mistakes. So the best way to, you know, go about our infrastructure is to created in a way that if a person makes a mistake, it's not going to be fatal. So I think that's the type of mindset that we should go for because no matter how protected an area is or no matter how nice a road is, you know, we are humans. We have, we, you know, we're, we're bound to make mistakes. So how do we mitigate those mistakes if ever they happen? And the best way is infrastructure. And obviously, know your bike. You could just say yeah, that's that's a good way and a beautiful way to put it. And for an architecture student, uh, my takeaway from Justin, uh, uh, he said earlier that it is not the skilled uh, that we are to protect, but uh, those who are vulnerable, talaga. Because we recently we have the rise in new cyclists. So yeah, that's that's what I um, you know 
I liked about uh, what Justin said. Yes. Okay, okay. Um, moving on. Uh, we don't usually have proper bike parking out there every time. Uh, our question is, how do you choose spots to park your bike? And how do you keep them from them secure from bike thieves? Because, you know, a lot of these days, boom in biking. Meron din boom in, you know, interest. Uh, madami nakatingin sa bikes natin. And, yeah. Right, right. Oh, when I, uh, personally, so, Dave, when I pick my bike parking, well, first off, when I choose where to go, as much as possible, I try to research kung meron silang bike parking. Pero, there are places na you really do have to go. For example, sa banko or um, a certain mall. May time, or kahit ni nga mall, yung maliliit lang na parang commercial areas. Um, minsan wala talagang mabibigay na bike aid pre. Or at least bike racks. Um, what I do is, at least pinakamalapit na position na pwede kong lagay near the security guard. Or at least pwede kong pakiusapan na yung mga nagtitinda sa kanto. Sometimes sila yung pinaka-effective na way to na mabantayin yung bike mo. Eh. Especially if you go around sa may area ng Manila City. Ang hirap mag-iwan ng bike dun. So, at least, the, or if, if hindi mo kaya, if kaya mong ma- if, if you can leave, if you're, if you have to leave it alone talaga, I think the best way is iwan mo siya with someone. Or at least, uh, pabantay mo sa security guard. Pero if you have the option na pwede mo siyang makita. For example, if you're only going to a cafe, ganun, at least within your line of sight. I think that's the best um, rule for it. Uh, if you can, keep it within your sight. Keep it within your sight. Kung hindi, at least someone else's eyes nandun. And bring a bike lock. Para you don't have to parang strain the other guy who's watching. Na baka manako yung bike mo dahil walang lock. Keep it, keep it sa line of sight, basically, for me. Yeah, on my end, same as Justin, as in same process. And uh, I think just to go on a bit further, um, I think it's best if you have at least one of the locks, like a, a, either a U-lock or the the one like a string. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I just don't uh, know the exact cable lock. Yeah, that. yeah. yeah the, the cable lock. Because that, that really helps uh, lock your bikes to a certain uh, fixture in the area. And I think it's always best to lock your lock it to the what's locked to the fixture is like a part of your wheel and frame. your frame mm-hmm. yeah at, at least double the right? that was yes. that one's also, also locked to another lock possibly uh yeah. pero yeah same as just in line of sight and i think where people are uh, not among the super crowded areas but you know, eyes on the street really plays a big Big, big difference. Oh, I think when you lock, go for when it. You lock, sorry, Justin. Sorry, go. Uh, when you lock your bike, pala, make sure you lock it to something that isn't movable. Correct, That's correct. another thing. Maybe you lock mo sa cart kasama na yung cart pag ano eh. Pag, uh, Mananakaw yung cart <laughs> with the bike. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, since nagana na tayo sa gan, do you guys have experiences specifically like someone's eyeing out your bike and you're like super super alert mode you can take your eyes off them is it is 
did this happen to you guys? Yeah, oh, for me, yes. Uh, one time, uh, I'll talk about it. Uh, one time, then sa publication, uh, sa Makati, uh, there was a guy who came up to us. Tapos si Captain asking uh, about my friend's bike. Um, may mga like I feel like modus kasi siya. Kasi he was asking a lot of questions na that made sense. Pero his end goal was parang gusto niyang subukan. That's like the biggest red flag for me. Kasi we were just eating alfresco dun sa isang small na restaurant dun. Tapos nun, bigla na lang may lalapit na ganun. So, when it comes to may mga nanghihiram, or at least nang mamata ng bike mo, bakuran mo na. Like, harangan mo na siya. Or at least move the bike away if you have the chance to. Kasi, like, especially living in large cities, uh, super crowded areas, Manila City, Makati City, anywhere else, QC, whatever. Lahat yan, like, if they have the chance, ang hirap nila habulin if nanakaw nila yung bike na yun. Very true. Yes. So be very cautious who you yeah. leave your bike with. At ako, like when, when, I, when we said kanina na you leave it with someone with eyes, at least staff siya nung pupuntahan mong lugar. Yung trustworthy. Oo. Yes. Yung yeah, security guard, etc. Kasi madaming magdana ako. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I think, I think to if you want to take it a bit further, some people, they picture the bike, let's say, before they leave. At least, parang may sort of proof that it was there just in case there are no cameras or anything. Right, right. How about you, Elijah? Have you ever had an experience about, you know, you know someone eyeing out your bike? Uh, not naman so far. Hopefully, not, yeah, Very not lucky. in the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't cycle as much as Justin, but uh, yeah, not yet, not yet. But at least now I know, you know, what to do if that happens. Give them a bit of a death stare as well. Yes. Yeah, you, you can never tell nowadays. <laughs> okay. How about you, JC? Do you have any experiences? Uh, no, I actually haven't had an experience like that. Because I, I don't use my bike as often as you guys do. But yeah, hopefully, <laughs> I'm not hoping to have an experience. But since you guys gave us some tips what to do when it comes to that experience alam ko na yung uh, gagawin ko so very helpful the yeah, partner yeah. Oh, uh. but uh, speaking of uh yun um you know when we ride our bikes from different cities and kayo dyan sa NCR you go from Makati to Quezon City or from to Manila City and um syempre iba't ibang cities yun and some cities are uh their infrastructures doesn't have the minimum standard for bike lanes or minsan wala talaga. Um, how can we cyclists be acknowledged as legitimate commuters and, you know, to be given the same amount of respect as other motorists? Kasi, you know, even though we're already nandun na tayo sa pinakagilid ng road, minsan yung mga motor, yung uh, mga nag, uh, overtake na sasakyan, kinakain pa din yung pinakalane sa atin. So, I want to ask... Um, how do you think we can be uh, acknowledged as legitimate commuters? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think the end goal of that would always have to uh, end up to be infrastructure and protected infrastructure as well. Uh, once they see that there's actually a space for us and that they can't go into it, I mean, sometimes you have to, you know, you have to make some enemies just to get to where you want to go uh, in the whole city planning process. And you will... Uh, 
there will be some people very noisy uh noisy people about you know, uh, about the bike lanes and all that is taking up space but at the end of the day we just have to put up the infrastructure for it and as well as um, the loss for it as well because without proper implementation you know the bike lane is just gonna die out and without proper funding it's gonna die out in time right so I think the best way for us to be seen has to come from uh, the infrastructure, from the government, and from the laws that it would pass to show that uh, the use of a bicycle is, you know, a mode of transportation, not lower than a car, uh, or not even higher than a car. It's just, you know, it's we're all the same here. We're all trying to get from point. We're all trying to go from one place to another. So yeah, I think infrastructure would be the best way. Go just in. To add to what Eli said, I think, well, number one, infrastructure. And then something that would go along with it would probably yung policy as well. Because you can have all the bike lanes that you have, but if Finisha enforced, protected or not, it's not going to work. For example, um, we've noticed that going around Metro Manila, you'll really see what cities have priorities ng to push bike infrastructure. Um, I can name a few right now. Uh, on the top of off the top of my head na that are really at least nasa door na tayo to get them to push even further yung paggamit ng uh, mobility lanes so for example Valenzuela City San Juan they started out well pero they're not doing much now uh, Pasig City Quezon City and partly Tagig and partly also Makati. Parang any other place in between those cities, you'll really notice na hindi na bibigyan ng importance yung bike commuters as much. And I feel like these places really do spearhead yung push for more sustainable ways of transporting people from A to B. Um, and even within those cities that I mentioned, uh, a lot of them also don't really um, implement their uh, bike lanes as well. For example, parang kunyari sa... So QC, they do have ordinances that would say na parang um, bawal sa bike lane, may fine na ganito, uh, you have to pay if nahuli kang ganyan, both for cyclists and for motorized vehicles. Pero ang problem naman sa kanila, they're understaffed. Uh, as far as I know, parang less than 100 lang yata for a city of how many million people. So kulang pa rin sa funding, as Eli said, but it is getting there. People are slowly trying to adapt then both the cyclists and the motorists na meron talagang bike lane naman dyan. Pero with more enforcement, the more understanding, I guess, people in cars would be to these changes sa physical space natin. Kasi if you, kanyari, if you pass MacArthur Highway sa Valenzuela, halatang walang dumadaan na ibang vehicles sa bike lane eh. Kasi super heavy enforcement sila when it comes to people enroaching sa bike lane. Walang, you won't see, well, not to toot their horn too much, but you really won't see uh, that much motorcycles dun sa bike lanes na dun, as compared to places like San Juan or um, Mandaluyong or maybe even Mahati. So I think uh, infrastructure plus government policies would greatly affect parang how people would um, accept the changes na we are doing. It's a bike infrastructure sa cities. I think one silent, ano, silent uh, variable here that's that's missing is the traffic enforcers. As much as uh, yeah, when we're on the road, you know, they're they're technically the law. <laughs> they're technically the law on the road. And if they can't respect us as bikers, what more the people on uh, in 
in their vehicles, right? So I think proper uh, knowledge must be and training must be brought, must be taught onto them or just given to them uh, that this new mode of transport is here and is here to stay. And once they show and once they, you know, enforce that, um, I think it, you know, uh, people in other modes of transport would uh, respect uh, the cyclists and the infrastructure that we have even more. All right. So it's re- it's uh, really encouraging to know uh, that um, since a biking community keeps on growing here in the Philippines, and especially now um, post pandemic or even in in the midst of a pandemic, um, there are really entities that needs to take part in order for um, the biking community to be respected. You know, as legitimate commuters, so we have the LGUs, the government, and the traffic enforcers that has to take part. And syempre, paulit-ulit na sinasabi natin, um, infrastructures has the great um, will have a great contribution to this para talagang uh, mapatupad na maging legitimate commuters tayo and be acknowledged, di ba? About you, Dave, do you have any take on that? Um, for me naman, I, I agree naman sa mga sinabi. I think uh, we, don't, we don't want this to be a trend talaga. We, we need this to be a legitimate and, and um, uh, makilala siya na ating ano, um, authority as a mode of transport na madaming tao ang nagre-rely. So, moving on, um, do you guys uh, want to add anything before we move on to the next uh, question? Ano may said? Because um, this is a hot take. Uh, okay. On rare instances, we encounter hot-headed motorists on our way. My question is, how do we handle road rage from other motorists? And how can we avoid conflict Ooh. with other motorists and cyclists? <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot. <laughs> That's very <Interesting>. spicy. <laughs> spicy. Okay. It's super spicy to say. Okay, when, when you, whenever you encounter, kasi sobrang daming irate na not even just motorists, uh, mga nakamotor din, mga na, uh, even people biking as well. Iba talagang on a bad day you will really encounter other bad people. Pero for me, when you do encounter these types of uh irate people, be the better person. Like be kind to them. Like don't engage. <laughs> That's it. Kasi it's not worth your life. <laughs> Parang ganun. It's not worth the hassle na makikipag-away ka pa just because of kunyari, small na na ano, encounter sa road. Though sometimes mapasigaw ka talaga. Like, kunyari, ginit-git ka talaga and then, like, your life depended on yung sigaw mo. Maybe those times you can. Pero to stop and then makipag-away, I wouldn't recommend it at all. Kasi you never know what they have in the car. You never know what they have in their motorcycle. Like, let it pass. It's not worth it. That's just my take on it. Uh, I don't know if Eli would do the same. <laughs> Joke. <laughs> what do you, what no, would I, you do, Eli? I, I, just, I just give a big thumbs up. <laughs> Uh, there, yes. To, yeah, just a big thumbs up if it were a bus, <laughs> if it were a taxi or anyone. Yeah, just a big thumbs up, a big smile, and just keep going on my day. It's up to them how they in- interpret it. Um, yeah. I just know that I didn't do any bad signals, uh, bad signs or anything, or said any bad words to them. So, yeah, that would be the most that I would do. Uh, and then maybe rant a bit on it on Twitter, maybe later on. <laughs> yeah. the, I think that's the, that's the safest yeah. thing you can do. I yeah. think um, it's a safe um, thing to do. Because uh, some of them, they're really coming after you. They, they want the, 
you know they want the they want the fight pero i think it also comes down to ano uh, good design then and nakikita ko uh wait wait uh good design siguro to separate uh, motorists and cyclists then kasi uh let's say um may motors may motorcycle nag-hop on sa bike lane then magkakaroon ng conflict so it's better na we separate ano separate talaga yeah and uh, i just like i just would like to add again kasi parang ang powerful nung magta-thumbs up ka lang kapag uh, meron gusto makipag-argue i know <laughs> it's like and yes, right, it's so funny and move. Just, yeah just thumbs up tapos okay na don't need for argument kasi yeah, like justin mentioned it's it's never worth it to have an argument lalo na kapag nakakainitan na lahat and you know that they'll just be stuck in the traffic and they're just gonna move <laughs> forward kasi nakabay ka lang diba and they're just stuck there kasi nakakaroon sila or taxi so just give them a thumbs up kapag sila nakapag-argue and that's it right I think just, gonna uh, just gonna be stuck in the traffic yeah. I think the release, pati yung rant sa Twitter, I think that's the re- good, a good release. Kaysa dun <laughs> yeah. sa makipag-away ka na lang. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll probably on. apply that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think I do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Dave, you wanna add something? Um, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. So, I think uh, since you already talked about these things, um, it also comes down to your good design nga, sabi di Dave kanina. Um, this I think will be a question primarily to uh, Elijah since he's a transport uh, planner. So may we just would like to ask um, what exactly is transport planning and how are planners improving the roadway for all types of motorists? So transport planning is basically uh, designing a transport system uh, in many ways. Uh, Well, mainly because of, I uh, mainly for infrastructure, um, connectivity, and uh, the system, and as well as behavior. Uh, those are very essential in transport planning because we try to, what let's say, try to predict and or try to set some targets on uh, what we want our transport system to look like, um, especially nowadays. Na our we live in a very car-centric system, and the common Uh, methodology is to and if you want to create a new transport project let's say a new road or a new highway is that you you forecast the the certain uh, situation that we are in right now and you forecast it with a certain like let's say a certain growth rate uh, to the next few years but then uh, a lot of planning has to do with um, you knowing the situation right now and you knowing that it's not doing well so Uh, what can we do to improve it? So uh, it boils down to you setting a target. That's your a possible mode split, you know, mode change. Let's say right now you have 80% cars on the road. So you want to target maybe 60% cars and 40, 30% public transport and then 10% active mobility. So it has a lot to do with uh, learning where we are right now, observing where we are now and trying to create a system that uh, helps dictate the behavior of how a person would want to go about their trips. And I think ways on how we are changing it up right now, uh, in the international scene, you have a lot of uh, transit-oriented developments going on. So transit-oriented developments, or TOD, is a development that's centered around the main transit uh, line, 
So it could either be a train or a bus rapid transit in the middle. And then from there, it you have your you start to put up your uh, your commercial areas, your high density areas, and then it somewhat uh, flattens out towards the edges. So you really create very dense areas uh, using your transport modes, and as well as different uh, transport modes and areas to create a very interconnected system. So that's one big thing. That's your TODs, as well as I'm sure you've heard the 15-minute cities, 20-minute cities. You know, creating very hyper-local uh, communities using uh, transport system as well. And yeah, I think that's basically for for uh, the advancements abroad. And then for here, uh, we, as you may know, a lot of the bike lanes have popped up right now. So that's one. And as well as as well as our public transport, uh, you have your EDSA bus lane. Uh, yeah, your EDSA bus rapid transit. And I know they have something that's starting to, I think it's, uh, they're studying it right now. I think QCA is coming up with something the same along uh, Kesson app. So, yeah, there are a lot of uh, advancements right now uh, in the local scene. I think the most, what do you call this? Uh, the most evident ones right now are our real uh, projects. You have our seven, and then you have your North-South Commuter Rail. So a lot more moving people uh, instead of moving cars right now. So, um, Justin, do you want want to add anything uh, wrong about uh, what Eli just said? Uh, I think Eli covered most of it well. Um, there's a lot of uh, infrastructure projects right now that are really catering to um, a more sustainable way of moving around. And I do feel like it's really a good direction for everyone. Although, uh, with that said, there are also many alternative projects that don't seem to be in line with the thought that cities should be for people rather than for cars. Uh, for example, you also have the Skyway Stage 3, the Index SDEX Connector, even in the provinces, um, so main north, I know they're also connecting Nueva Ecija with Endex. And then around the south, I think they're doing uh, an expressway going to Quezon. I'm not sure if um, that's pushing through. Pero as far as I know, there are a lot of projects that are that could be improved on. Or at least putting, instead of the expressway, maybe a rail, a rail project that would connect Bicol. Now mas effective than what we have right now. Say right now, as far as I know, Eli, the one going south, it's only one one track. It's not a double track. Yeah, right. right other, yeah, it's just the PNR. Actually, the PNR reaches all the way to Bicol, like Region 5, and all the way up to La Union. So, but it's running to... single track, yeah. So, parang, yeah, I think so. It could be improved on, like, with the billions of pesos na. <laughs> uh, allotted for these projects for the expressways that could have been an easy fix for the PNR so ayun. yeah I think we're heading towards the right direction because we already do have our foot in the door um, both for especially in the DPWH and DOTR uh, a lot of the standards for road design uh, they're already requiring um, bike lanes for it 
Tama ba, Eli? Yep. I think it's T-O-88. Yeah, the T-P-W-H. Yes. Yeah. So, any new uh, road that they'll be building from here on out will now require specifically a bike lane. Though it could still be improved, but at least the foot, our foot's in the door na when it comes to this um, development. Yeah, I think that's it. Yes. All right. So, thank you, Eli and Justin. And um, from what you guys have uh, presented to us, and you know, when we present your, our questions, our queries, and when you um, responded to it, it's it made me realize how great of uh, how great the importance of architecture, urban planning, and transport uh, planning in order for a city, for a country to be. Um, bike-friendly, bike motorist-friendly, and of course, pedestrian-friendly. So it, these factors are really important for um, for us to have a better cities and a better place to live. And yeah, so uh, also would like to add that talagang na-realize natin how uh, important the roles of many entities like the infrastructure, the business owners, the um the role of LGUs, the government, and even us individually as uh, motorists, diba? we also have a role in order for us to be safe and um, have a better flow in transportation. How about you, Dave? Would you like to add some some more? I think everything uh, we have talked about here will, I think, holistically improve um, uh, our way of life uh, during these times. I think still um in the midst of pandemic we still find uh things to improve and that's a good thing for us um okay uh maybe you guys would like to add a few things we might missed i guess uh we've tackled a lot with regards of safety and infrastructure behavior and i believe we shared a lot that uh would help our listeners be knowledgeable and aware of cycling being a legitimate mode of transport um i think as future designers and planners we should, uh, what do you call this, remember to consider catering to cyclists. Um, and thanks to the efforts of individuals like uh, the both of you uh, who are vocal uh, uh, on the topic, uh, we hope to see a great future for cycling and commuters. All right. Uh, before we end, we would just like to ask um, whether do you guys have anything you would like to shout out, you would like to plug to our listeners, and where can we actually find you online? Okay. Um, I'd like to shout out um, a few uh, Instagram accounts that would be a good resource, I think, for students, not just students, actually, students and just anyone who believes in uh, the future of mobility here in the country. Uh, number one would be um, the account we're handling, yung uh, manila.commuter on Instagram. And then another one would be First Bike Ride. That's run by a friend of Eli and, our, uh, and me. And then also, actually, I think that's that's it. Uh, you can follow those accounts. Also, you can follow Eli and I on Twitter. We're very uh, vocal then about <laughs> stuff there. Maybe you we can, can hit you up. Uh, see a lot about, of resources also. Yeah. We share a lot, a lot of the stuff we read on Twitter. So it's a good... What's that, sorry? Uh, uh, I was saying, uh, maybe we can hit you up and uh, go out for a ride in Bicol. <laughs> yes, yes. That's a long ride. Yeah. Or if ever you're in Metro Manila, we could 
tour you around, show you best yeah. practice na bike lanes here. Vice versa. Yes. We, we might need your help then. Yes, yes. Sure, no problem. Uh, Eli. Yeah, I guess for for my end, uh, I guess shout out to all the the new bikers out there, uh, the new ones that want to start biking and all. And I guess shout out to also all the bikers already in the community. Um, just a friendly reminder to be kind to everyone. You know, we've all been beginners once, and yeah, just, just take everyone up. Uh, another person on the bike is you know better for the entire world. So the more bikers we have, the more protected bike lanes we have. Um, no matter how we end up with it, I think it's going to be best for for everyone. I, I guess yeah. On Twitter, uh, just like what Justin said, his accounts actually just just follow the the mutual the mutual people that we retweet. You know, there there are a lot of them actually. So yeah, you be able to learn a lot. I guess from everyone there. The transport Twitter scene is very, very active. <laughs> Both locally and abroad. There's yes. so much resources. Alright. Uh, thank you so much again, Mr. Elijah Gautian and thank you so Mr. Much. Justin De Dios for uh, accepting our invitation for this episode of You Up Salitaan. And we sure did a lot. Um, we sure learned so much from the covered topics that we have for for this episode and I know that our listeners will truly adhere to applying the points, the tips, and discerning apply the natin to our uh, um, plates diba? when we plan cities or ano man yung magiging projects natin as uh, architecture aspi- as architect aspirants and you know soon to be as architects. And there you have it, guys. This ends our second episode of You Up Salitaan Season 10. Again, we would like to thank Mr. Justin De Dios and Elijah Gotian for being part of this podcast and inspiring every listener today. And also, we would like to acknowledge our sponsors for the Area B Assembly. We have Kitch, Davis Paint, Crown Asia Corporation, Sarkin TH, MS Bookshop, Epiroy Sense, Coconut Printing Services, Smart Cards Architecture, and Jabesh Amador. Okay, um, I really did learn a lot, partner. Anyways, uh, don't forget to like and share this podcast to our key friends and follow us on our official social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at QAPSA National and Haligi Publications on Facebook at QAPSA Haligi Publications so you'll be updated every time we upload a new podcast episode. And don't forget to share some love for this season's host from QAPSA Area B. Go follow them at QAPSA.AreaB on Facebook and at B on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Please stay safe out there. And again, this is your host, Dave Krenkoff from UAPSA UBL Chapter. And this is your Archivoy JCT Castro from UAPSA Business Chapter signing off. See you on our next episode.